Enjoy the show. We're doing it live. I want you to inherit my power. Eat my hair. It's my anime, and I need it now. <laughs> oh, I was born in the wrong time. I really would have loved polio, but I like porn. Porcaria is crap. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Well, that makes sense then. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't like porcaria. Like a jolt from a bolt of lightning. 121 gigawatts enters your television or phone screen now because this is the Purge Hangers and Wall Hangers Media Network presentation number 202. This is the Triforce podcast, of course, and my freshly scalped head, of course. Is one Matthew Bucarell, the Matt Man, and actually in studio, my co-founder and co-host, Christopher Bristow, the old man. Hello, everybody. Above my head, you're going to find in the Projanger box, above my head, Cardboard Kelly's behind me this week because the old man's here. But above my head, you're going to find one Katarina Thermoscara all the way in from Thermoscara, one of a woman. <laughs> And, of course, joining us back again is one Mr. Frank Link. Kidding. (laughs) Frank Percy (laughs) from Punisher War Journals and Karibe the Hunter. Guess what, Frank? Not Carbine. One more week in a row and you get a nickname. Carbine the Hunted (laughs) sounds like a, a, it sounds like a, 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 like, almost like a, an assault rifle advertisement. (laughs) Yeah. Or a car part, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's go. it's made of carbine. Yeah, there you go. Good. There we go. But and uh, it's 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 absolutely awesome to have everybody back here because well, I wanted to do a new thing here, which is the welcome is segment. One Matthew Bucarell, the Matt Man, and absolutely, actually... God, I sound awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> but one thing I wanted to do is the welcome You're segment. Sh- which is uh, just what have you been watching? What have you been playing? I recently have watched uh, Age of the Samurai on Netflix with Big Brother. That shit was fucking amazing. Um, I love love seppuku. Yeah, oh killing, my god, they love it, Seppuku. Their favorite thing is killing themselves and killing everybody else. I'm not going to watch that in front of do. Connor, though. No, no, but it's a very historical document of how the you know Japan be- became united. So not rated for a five-year-old. And then no. once... No. 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 But once Japan became united... <laughs> a 35-year-old, really. <laughs> once Japan Man. became united, they did what anybody would do. They invaded Korea. <laughs> Sure. But only because they were in the way of China. Happenstance. Only man. if you came from that direction. Yeah, happenstance. But they and did lose. And then invaded the realm, and, and we had a tournament for Mortal Kombat. Yes, and that's where we got Lyndon Ashby. We met Goro. But I really, I really loved that whole series because it's very well done. It's that kind of documentary to where they have that theatrical aspect of the people acting out what they're talking about, and then they have the actual smart people talking, just like what the History Channel used to do before they discovered ancient aliens. Whoop. <laughs> And that was a I hate that a shit. burn, but yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> Apply ointment here. Shot fired. Okay. Shot fired. <laughs> but um, life um, finds here. a way. <laughs> and our buddy Mark Gervais is here as well. So, old man, what have you been watching uh, besides boxes? Um, besides packing up the house, um, <laughs> I haven't really watched. Oh, Outlander. I've been watching Outlander on Netflix. Very good show. Very, very good show based on Scottish history. I would highly recommend. It. Okay, I'm, I'm a history buff, so you already got me there with Scottish history. I mean, it's 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 a loose foretelling, but I was gonna say I don't know how historical. It's not. Very, it's <laughs> Wait, like you're taking me it's the nugget accurate. of truth. It's like taking the nugget of truth and think of it like next. You're gonna tell me Uhtred, son of Uhtred, isn't real. Come you know, on. it's like a romance you know, drama. Filled with some kind of space travel. Okay. Like time travel continuum type of bullshit. Right. I'm not going to say no to that. All right, I'm in. I wouldn't say no to that. Yeah. I didn't say no to that. <laughs> hot sauce. I understand why you don't say no to that. He said hentai hot sauce. Oh, not hentai. Hot sauce. Hentai hot sauce. That is sounds like there's tentacles involved. All right, uh, sucker punch. That but, sounds um, like the porn kind of anime. Katarina, what have you been watching? Yes. Uh, you know that I deep-dived into Stargate a few weeks ago, and now I am on season four of Stargate Atlantis. Man, you're going through it. Only three more shows to go. <laughs> uh, but I'm enjoying it. One thing that I always loved about Stargate is all of the Star Trek references in it. Some of them more overt, some of them like more like nudge, nudge, wink, wink. But it's always a delight when, when you catch them. We yeah. did go back and watch the first episode yeah. of Stargate. Uh, the SG-1. The other day. Yeah. Right. That's now, here's it. the thing. That's what got me thinking. When there needs to be achievements, like Xbox-level achievements, when you go through <laughs> and watch an old series like that, you know? Yeah. You got like, 20 points that mean nothing. You have completed this much. <laughs> and then that could give you, like, a, a theme or, like, something for oh, your yeah. background for whatever device you're watching it on. You know what I mean? Give somebody. You completed this series. Here's the theme for the Netflix, show. Netflix, You know what I mean? Like, you could have a custom theme, almost like Steam. Ah, Steam! Does for. I think uh, I should be rewarded with my own Stargate at the end of all this. Yeah. I mean, that's a bit expensive. Yeah, just for you. I mean, you could put a green screen behind you. We could I would share. Uh, I was about to say, you have to share with everybody yeah, else. Yeah. It would be like own my own little starting. version of DS9, but it would be, you know. <laughs> I mean, not. I don't think you would want that kind of financial like responsibility of like everybody else traveling through your Stargate. Are you personally responsible for or, their well-being? To and no, no, from no, 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 out no. of that Stargate? No, no, there's going waiver? to be then you such have them a, sign a contract. <laughs> yeah, you got to have them sign like a waiver. Like, there's going to be a contract yeah. and a waiver, no refunds, um, no exchanges. A dismemberment clause. God, she's really thrown That's down. That's part of the contract. She's thrown down the Iron Curtain. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You're only covered on this side of the event, the event horizon. <laughs> Not even. No. I will not insure a hair on your head. Or, in the case of Chris, where, where's the hair now? 
the Ooh, chest it's, hair. It's usually, not even a hair on the no, he shaved. Not down. even a hair on his chinny chin chin. <laughs> it, it's no, he ears. shaved it. That's why I'm saying. I shaved. You got everything. any chest hair, Chris? Oh. We'll say that we're not even yeah, everything ensuring is that. Everything migrated to the chest. It's it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No one loses hair. It just well, uh, transplants itself. Oh, well, on this places, side of the Einwinder, <laughs> it's visiting. It went south for the winter. Got it. God. So, Frank, what have you been watching? <laughs> I, I was watching that samurai thing as well. I awesome. I really loved the organizing of who's who. I heard the names. I didn't quite know the order and who chopped off whose head and yes. so forth and so on. You know. Um, yeah. The uh, the the look was meh. Nobunaga though, just sitting yeah. around drinking yeah. sake all day. Seriously, hanging chicks, you know. Hey, yeah, he was, the, he was the pimp of that show. Concubine. Oh, Sean has arrived. Right. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. America. Mark says I get the binge award. I agree. And the he's been watching award, Grimm yeah. and Mystery Science Theater. And Both course, solid choices. Mark. Sean and it right, says so America. Mark, does that lift the ban though? No, don't lift the ban. Wow! Even she sits with not lifting the band. I don't. I don't want it. But I really liked that Age of Samurais show because I even watching that show, I really got the sense of like where like Star Wars and certain shows on where they got that sense of oh, this was the samurai, and you could see Jedi and Sith in yeah, yeah. just the entire history of you know, Japan itself and George Lucas just picking up on that and adding all this stuff of like Buddhism and Taoism and everything into this. It's just extremely impressive when you look back on the history of what was really, you know, because he loved samurai films, just like John Favreau. And that's where we got Mandalorian. We got all that from samurai and they were all dicks. <laughs> That's really the message I wanted to lend out here because they were all assholes. <laughs> Landowners, if you don't like your landlord, guess what? He probably would have been a samurai. We have to put ourselves in place in history. Like, everybody loves to romanticize, like, history. Like, oh, I was born in the wrong time. I really would have loved polio. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I am in the appropriate time, um, but I would I could have gone like to have the ahead. opportunity to see like a thousand years in the future just to just to see what's up. I don't know if I'd want to live in it, but just to tiptoe like through just that window, peek my head out, look around, see if through the, the gardens. birds in the backyard are still thick boys, like what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> And, of course, we don't gather here for Mark that. says F no, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I agree, Mark. Yeah. We don't gather here for that. We gather here to have you pop on over here to PJANDWH.com, where you're going to find all the funniest moments from this podcast, as well as every podcast. And, of course, you're going to find last week's tr uh, Lug Nuts podcast, Nine Inch Wheel Axle Tricks, as well as last week's Triforce podcast glowing ancient alien battle armor. Now he is cancer. Melanoma, sir. Melanoma. We want to be specific <laughs> because we don't want to shame that side of the community. They're all projangers. A lot like this first story. I'm sorry. No, I have to do what we do every week. Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> 
You could just edit that out. New Superman who dis bring uh, bringing comics to life. Free range Pokemon. PlayStation's Banana and more on the Triforce podcast. And, of course, we're going to hop over here to our first story, which is Terminator, the anime series, is ordered up at Netflix. I love that. The streaming platform in partnership with Skydance, which produced the last two films in the franchise, in a statement released by Netflix, John Deirdrin, uh, the streaming service vice president of Japan and anime, confirmed the news and spoke of how the team cannot wait to bring the new series to uh, that will showcase an epic battle between machines and humans to life. While no further details of the project have been announced, it is confirmed that Madsen Tomlin, who co-wrote the upcoming DC movie, The Batman, has come on board to showrun and executive produce. So, since we haven't seen that movie yet, is that a good move? I guess we'll see, right? I'm excited about the show itself, though. I hope they bring in Linda Hamilton um, to do some work on that. Yeah, just to get her like her uh, a better send-off than what was the previous movie. Yeah, we don't want to see her in the I shelter agree. anymore, you know? Well, it also depends. Like, are they, are, is this going to be like the beginning of the war straight through to the end? Or are we picking up after the end of the war? Like, where is this all? Yeah. And where is Sarah Jane and all this? But if they do have a Sarah Jane in there, I would, I would be bummed if it wasn't Linda Hamilton doing her voice. And I can't imagine with Netflix money, they can't make that happen. I just want to see this epic war between the machines and the humans in, in and that's the best form. format, I think to do it without yeah. spending a gajillion dollars on effects. And, and absolutely, you know, you, right, you're going right. to lose something in there um, doing it. And especially if they do it in some of that, like Castlevania style anime where it's just gory and like you have so much more flexibility with that yeah. and grown up. Um, I don't want this to be a Saturday morning serial cartoon. I want it to be. Hey, a we're going to go have breakfast. Yeah. A. <laughs> <laughs> now that's the thing though, because anime on Netflix, they have two sides of the same coin here because well, you what have I'm that comic side, but also when you're talking about killer death machines, I Gotta believe they're not going to add balloons and fluffy bunnies. Well, I mean, no. they, had, they had unicorns and, and teddy bears in Diablo 3, so. Well, remember, they that did a cartoon. That was a special case. <laughs> <laughs> they have done cartoons of previously grown-up kind of situations and try to translate it into kids, and it hasn't worked. Um, I'm kind of on the fence about the Star Trek prodigies, and, you know, as another thing that's kind of geared towards... You mean that failed project now of like Thundercats attention. Universe, like Steven Universe Thundercats? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, so and it's not hit, hit or miss, but I want this. I want this to be like the fight scenes, the um, the destruction, and like just like the visceral. These are machines; they don't care. They're just you know yeah. the quickest way to get they're rid of you. That's what they're going to do. Um, like I want, I, I want to see that, and I don't think that they if. If they keep it at a mature level, then I'm happy. But if they try to exactly. do something that that can you, you can watch with your five year old, I'll probably yeah. be upset. Because Anything. I'm right there with you. With not the upset, anime, but like 
anything Not into less it. Than, anything less than mature would just be phoning it in. I'm exactly. Sorry. Because I'm yeah, right there with you. Yeah, that's what I'm you. saying. Like, there's no point be, at that point. It has to be mature, but also in the anime form with mature, there's a lot of different anime that just trudge right through that lake that is mature, and they blaze their own path. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, uh, just to name a few, Death Note, um, Demon right. Slayer. I was going to say Death Note. You know, Demon Tokyo Slayer, uh, Goblin Slayer. Holy shit, that goes into the deep end and then goes further. Goblin Slayer is a whole other Doesn't fucked up anime. You at the deep end and then go further. <laughs> it's like Marianas Trench is where they're heading. That's how deep they go. Goblin Slayer is fucked up, but an awesome anime. It's just you have to know what you know. You can't just say to your kid. Here's some anime. Go watch it. Insert you really have to watch what to watch anime they're watching. You know, if it's high school DXD, you don't want your five five year old to watch that. Yeah, it's vampires, but busty vampires. Okay. Again, another okay. thing I will have Connor. Okay. <laughs> and it's an important distinction there. Connor's already watched it. He came over last Thursday. It was he was happy. I don't know why. Um. <laughs> no wonder he calls it my hero. <laughs> I tell you what, speaking of my hero, this next story is going plus ultra. You're welcome, sir. Because my hero academia season five release date is confirmed. With millions of fans around the world, My Hero Academia is arguably one of the biggest franchises within the anime and manga community. The fourth season wrapped up April 2020, and since then, fans have been desperate like crack fiends to get to know what the series is going to happen in the future. I may have exaggerated a little bit in there. (laughs) No, because then it becomes what Connor calls it, calls it Daddy's Hero. Daddy's hero. That is the porn. That's, that's cute. That's the wood rocket version. Um, thankfully, the official release date uh, for My Hero Academia Season 5 has now been revealed with new information. My Hero Academia Season 5 uh, release date has been confirmed for Saturday, March 27th, 2021. There are reports that Season 5 will be split core, meaning that the second half could premiere in autumn 2021, which we all know is a bitch move. (laughs) Yeah. Someone wants their anime now. This is not a J.G. Wentworth commercial. I was about to say. We're already in March, though. I've been watching J.G. Wentworth (laughs) commercials all afternoon. It's my money. I want it now. It's my anime, and I need it now. (laughs) (laughs) You know? I mean, what what the fuck? Why do I have to wait? Go back to watching Stargate, and and then by the time you're done, it'll be the fall. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. (laughs) 877 anime now. (laughs) Call today. (laughs) (laughs) It, It could be too many numbers. It could, but the thing about this is that it they did superheroes and the infinity symbol. I can't believe I'm saying this again, but they did superheroes in a completely different way to where, you know, you have a superhero 
and then you have his mom who can only lift, you know, five pounds with it, telekinesis wise. You have somebody who is uh, super strong, but they're pretty much a diabetic. You know, you have these very sharp trade-offs, and then you have a hero, your main protagonist, and he has no powers. He's just a very big fanboy, and eventually his ultimate hero comes Notice up the to clarifications. him. Fanboy. And says, yeah, not only fans, um, fanboy, but he his fam- <laughs> his most... his." Favorite hero comes up Not to him. Not a thick boy. He's a fanboy. And then says, hey, man, I want you to inherit my power. Eat my hair. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Eat my what? <laughs> hair. Volume down a bit, but yeah. Eat my hair. Who's that? There you go. That's better. Uh, yeah, he says, eat my hair. He eats his hair, and then he starts to gain his powers of all for one. And the thing is, is that he's such a tiny girly man. If he tries to use the powers, he shatters his bones. So it's that kind of strict, you know, cause and effect that makes this anime really pop along with the story, which is you're, it's almost like you think, Oh, I'm just going to walk across this river. And then you fall down into, you know, a deep, kind of ravine it's very very thick story-wise and you don't expect it because it's an anime it's about superheroes holy shit what else is going on and that's where really where you get a very big sense of the lore in the movies like uh, movies were fantastic the one where deku and uh all might went to comic-con that was two uh, there was a uh, rising heroes and two heroes Two heroes. That was two heroes. Deku and uh, All Might go to Comic-Con. And then there was uh, 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 Bakugo and Deku fight in an alley. What was that? That was... Uh, Heroes uh, Rising. Heroes Rising, yeah, yes. Heroes Rising. Yes. Very uneventful names that I gave them. But they added on to the lore. And th- that Heroes Rising was really meant to just... I felt with 2020, it just meant to tide people over. Until they could get to 2021 to where they there have everything done. There was a lot done. of action sequences that you can do in a movie that you can't do in a show. And, I mean, Frank, how do you imagine how hard, because the anime obviously is all drawn. How yeah. hard would this be to do from home and to still get out on a regular schedule? It, it depends if you did it literally by hand, the traditional way. Yes, it would take a long time and a lot of people. But they do it digitally now, where you can bend and move certain things a lot quicker, and the pace is just like much faster. Um, exactly outside of that, I couldn't really tell you, but it is a lot quicker. Okay. Um, as far as like painting backgrounds, yeah, so much quicker. Oh yeah, um, I imagine like stuff making like that. a perspective. You know, uh, people like walking away without making thirty individual figures. Right. You can just reduce the size each and every frame as it goes away from you. Rotoscoping. You know, one screen behind another moving. Again, a couple of button. You know, swipes. You know, but exactly, I could not tell you so much. I imagine like going from paper and pen to digital. 
like once you get acclimated is like almost like a revolutionary experience for animators in anime. Not for Frank though. Well, yeah, no, not, not for, for not for Frank. Frank. But for I mean, Frank, he no. doesn't want to draw and 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 lack like he's drawing like a bar. Of he soap. doesn't want to draw with a bar of soap, and I don't blame him because right. that is right. really what it's like. It's like drawing with a bar of bar of soap. I've had one of the Wyacom tablets, and it's it's like trying to stab a fish in a a pond of you know a pool of water. You think it's one place, but where you're pointing is actually a different place. You don't have that Tom Hanks skill in Castaway. Sorry. No, I need to be stranded on a desert island with Wilson. We'll make it off. We'll make it off. There you go. The neighbor from the, the tool time, that Wilson? I'll take either. <laughs> the volleyball or Wilson Wilson. Howdy ho, Tom Hanks. Or Wilson Wilson from Utopia. I will take all Wilson Wilsons available. Okay. So, one thing I will also take is this next story, which is Superman movie reboot in the works really? with Ta Nahasi Coates and J.J. Abrams. Really? So a new Superman reboot is headed onto the screen, courtesy of acclaimed writer Ta Nahasi Coates and producer J.J. Abrams. Coates author of Between the World uh, and Me and We Were Eight Years in Power, an American Tragedy, a writer for the New York Times and uh, Magazine and Washington Post, and a writer of the acclaimed comic run of The Black Panther and Captain America, said he looks forward to meaningful, uh, meaningfully adding to the, most, uh, to the legacy of America's most iconic mythical hero. Which... So he just wants to write a good story. We gotta start over again. We know how where he came from. Just Hulk that shit. Move on. Move on. Do something else. Shadow and Act broke the news that Tanahasi Coates will be re- uh, writing a new movie, a new sp- Superman movie that J.J. Abrams will produce. It, this isn't Abrams' first go around at soups. Back in the early two thousands, Abrams wrote an unfilmed Superman script called Flyby that meant to reboot the character with a whole new mythology. Spoiler alert, it's revealed that at the end that Superman's nemesis, Lex Luthor, is also an alien from Krypton. Thank God they didn't do that. Yeah, thank God they didn't. Why do that to Lex Luthor when you have Zod? I know! Right there. Right there. But maybe that's why they went with Zod with the Man of Steel. Uh, which was the correct choice. Even though yeah. Superman really could have just killed him in orbit and saved a whole bunch of damage to property for everybody. Insurance is a bitch. See, I don't hear anybody complaining about that in the Avengers films. That's because Tony Stark has a very good insurance company. It's called Nationwide. <laughs> or they're no, on no, your no, side. No, it's no, Allstate. It's Allstate. <laughs> <laughs> they're in good hands. <laughs> they're in the nano gauntlet hands. <laughs> I didn't know Tony Stark. I really liked Nationwide. Man of Steel. I did. It was good. Even Zod. I, I thought he was. We had a good Zod. It was a good premise. You had yes. Superman. And they didn't try to really reboot it, they just tried no. to go with it. Well, and I even really, like, when they first took him on the ship, and because he grew up on Earth and not on Krypton, exposing him to the Krypton um, 
oh, I forgot what they call it, like atmosphere and the ship, it explained why all of a sudden he was weak and yeah. they were able to get that upper hand on him. Like, it all made sense. Jay Masters um, says, that so. may have driven me to murder. <laughs> Please do not commit murder. <laughs> not for Superman. Please. Not for Superman. Now, and one of the minus, well, it's a plus and a minus with having a multiverse is that you can do a story a million different yeah. ways and just pick a universe that it belongs to. But at the same time, I think you get some laziness. Yeah. I yeah. think that's more of it. The, the and that is yeah. my issue with this, just like it was my issue last week with uh, Ryan Johnson and his Star Wars stuff. Like, Well, here's the thing. If is you that... want to retell a Superman story. They could go for Earth then, 2 then Superman. Try just, the original just... story. How about that? <laughs> have, have, just have a couple baselines. But to just to continue, like, I just want to do my own thing, but I'm going to slap Superman on it. Like, just... Don't no. do that. Respect yeah, respect the, the material. Respect the background. Yes. Like, you, yeah. you know. Yeah, I'll give you that. Lord. This feels lazy. So she's yeah. saying respect Thank you for my, agreeing with she's, me. She's saying respect See, Frank my agrees with me. That makes me right. Respect my authority. Yeah. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, sure. Essentially, yeah. But, I mean, I still think that, you know, because there were rumors of Michael B. Jordan being tied to a Superman reboot. Um would you be happy with Michael B. Jordan being tied to this J.J. Abrams Superman reboot? Because I got to tell you, it depends on I what they're it, doing. Like, it, I, I'm not against a Superman something. If it's an Earth I'm not against... Superman story, I'm behind Michael B. Jordan being in there because we already have Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck coming in on the Flash movie. So we already have that multiverse aspect there to where we can still have a Michael B. Jordan Superman. We can still have a. But is know, it going to be Kal-El or is it Joker? going to be Calvin or is it going to be? There's no information I'm, on where I'm the blanking. plot is going to go <laughs> as of yet. But at this point, it's only spec uh, speculation. But that's what I'm saying. Like it just depends on what they're doing. If they're just doing something and sticking Superman's brand on it, then please don't. Yeah. But I if mean, you're going to do an appropriate version of Superman, then how? Go yeah. for it. Thank you, Valzad. I was gonna say Val L, and I <laughs> Val L, yeah, Valzad. But yeah, like if they're gonna do that, I'm all for it. I would. We haven't seen like that to see yet. Them do the Red Sun story. In okay, TV. in live action. In yeah. live action, because that but would I want to see Henry story. Cavill see... as that. I think people would have a visceral reaction to seeing Clark Kent Superman as Red Sun Superman. Like yes. The reaction to the animated was not great. I loved <laughs> so. that animated movie. I yes, thought Red Sun Superman was not the awesome. not the movie itself. Just seeing Superman that way. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, so communist translating Superman. that into live action and having Henry Cavill play it, I think awesome. would just make so many people <laughs> upset. And I well, here's the thing: there's reports... I would respect it, but it would bother me too. I'm sorry. I want my heroes to stay pure. There's reports of Henry Cavill immediately going to Marvel and mm -hmm. requesting, you know, work from them after this report. There's also them, uh, you know, them saying to Henry Cavill hustle. that there's reports saying them telling Henry Cavill, like, no, 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 this is almost like a Joaquin Phoenix Joker thing. You know, this is a separate thing, Ooh. a separate bubble. But it... <laughs> Frank is shaking his head. I. It's also things that they also linked it to where it's because he refused to do the Shazam cameo. Give me a John Stewart freaking Green Lantern. Thank you. John I don't Diggle. need another Superman. John Diggle. John Diggle. 
Unfortunately, Ryan Reynolds killed that boat for everyone. He killed Hal Jordan. I don't care about Hal Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> no love for Parallax. <laughs> just, just dynamite that whole movie. Just please, just get it out. I mean, just. I would like to see a live away. action Green Lantern film. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely. Yeah. Well, I did also, I cut out a bunch of Snyderverse uh, news here, but Snyder released, like, his chapters right. which, uh, and, you know, a whole just bunch of other the stuff. Movie so we can watch it. That's, what it yeah, uh, that's pretty much what I felt. Which I one is, like, I think it's chapter movie. three, like, um, something Mother Beloved Son or something like that. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's Martha. Yeah. That's that Martha. <laughs> yeah, that's the Martha thing. Like <laughs> That's that Martha thing. The first one's, like, fuck you, Batman, or some shit like that. It's, yeah. you know. It's but very why? much because you're Batman. Yeah, and it's just like, dude, we know where you're going with this movie. We just know we're getting different little things in this movie. Just Jay fucking release says, it. John Stewart's coming to HBO Max. I, yeah, I know, but I, I want to see like a big screen, like there's give reports. him the treatment, give him the full treatment. I want a Lantern yeah. Corps. There's reports full, that the Lantern Corps is filming in April. Like, how excited were you at the beginning of Just Sleep when they show the original war and you see all those lanterns? Yes. Oh, my God. That was, like, one of the highlights of that film. It was amazing. It was. It was amazing. I want more, more of that. Yeah. Like, that's where, Without you know. Ryan Reynolds. Is it? I still don't think we're going to get <laughs> I wouldn't even care line. if Ryan Reynolds was in there as, like, oh, let me find somebody to give the ring to. And they see Ryan Reynolds, like, mm, no. no. And then they keep going. <laughs> like, give me. I'll that, take it. I'm sure be, he would be down for that. Yeah, that would be that 11 Somebody second Brooklyn, cameo. Please, anybody. Please. No, that would be like a, a two second cameo, like how Ryan Reynolds had Brad Pitt for. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, just cameo. have him like as one of the like. Maybe I'll give this guy there. Mm, no, he looks like a tool, and then keep going. Like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> you see the hurt on his face when they just walk away, like with a Mar- with a Deadpool script in his back pocket. Yeah, yeah. It'd be like they act like Marvel doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really like I really like that, but I think that rebooting Superman, but apparently even the Warner Brothers execs really have a lot of uh, faith in Ta-Nehisi Coates to where, you know, he was on Black Panther and Captain America and had a very successful run with those. So with him getting a different view in uh, this new re- rebooted movie, I think that it opens up a whole wide perspective that almost like with Black Panther or Ant-Man, it's opening up the character to a perspective that you didn't know you wanted to see. So where I think that is really, that's the golden moment that he's really striving for when you're making a reboot of Superman. You're trying to show this man in a different light, almost like uh, Brightburn, what that did with the origin of Superman and making him a crazed killer in horror, uh, an amazing horror movie. It was amazing. We did a spoiler alert on it, which you could find on the PJANDWH SoundCloud. At the end of the day, we just want a good story. So don't set us up for one and then give us porqueria. Thank you. Thank you. Muchis gracias. I like that. There you go. But I like pork. Porqueria is crap. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't like porqueria. I don't even attempt. 
<laughs> it made me wow. take three years I, of Spanish. You really said that really well for someone who had just heard it for the first time. I'm, I'm really impressed. I'm a parrot. <laughs> I'm, I'm just a, over. A, I'm a parrot that evolved in Pokemon two times. That's what I did. That's without, what I did. and he doesn't. There he still go. does not have hooked on phonics powers. No, but Annunciation, I, I choose you. I tell you what, though, <laughs> I might actually have the powers of clairvoyance because if I do remember. Last week, I said that somebody's work may actually be appreciated later on in time. And I'm sorry, Chris, was I right? I do believe that our next story kind of proves me right. Because Marvel (laughs) reportedly developing... Punisher War Journals <laughs> series for Hulu. We're going to get you that Lamborghini. I mean, Tesla. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, bike. <laughs> Used by Mini Cooper. We'll you. <laughs> cue the, mil- cue the money we saved for the Queen bicycle song now. Skateboard, no. you know? No, we don't have. Uh, I'm sorry. We didn't save any money for that Just song. Just get him a bell for the bike. That's fine. <laughs> Give me, a token. Give me a token for the boss, please. <laughs> you get a Metro Pass. There you go. So ever since the, the rights to the former Netflix property began to lapse, back in Marvel Studios, all of the small screen defenders have heavily been linked with the return as their respective characters, with the notable exception of Finn Jones' Danny Rand, because he sucked. Sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Hardcore donkey dick. But between them, he, John Who Barnfall, knew he was going to play the same character in the Game of Thrones as he did in that? Yeah. Hardcore donkey dick <laughs> alludes to a softcore donkey dick, and I... He did both. Want to know how you made that distinction? <laughs> <laughs> so between John Barnfall, it's, it's a multi-syllable word called experience. <laughs> there are layers. <laughs> John Barnfall, Charlie Cox to switch it over to a different dick, and Kristen Ritter have been touted for upwards of twenty projects, both in development and completely hypothetical. Now part of the Three's Company reboot. <laughs> Three different dicks. <laughs> <laughs> that makes Three's it's, Company mean something completely different. It's not a podcast unless we're talking about Dick. That's right. <laughs> Grayson, that is. Richard would be proud. <laughs> something that's not going to change until Feige oh, announces uh, the concrete plans for the street level New York City residents. Then uh, when that will be, we don't know yet, but tipster Mike Sutton now claims that Frank Castle could be coming back to Hulu in an R-rated series based on Punisher War Journals. Frank, do you know anything about that series? You know, I'd like to say yes, but unfortunately, no. You know, I mean, <laughs> they are not knocking on my door, okay? They say, hey, Frank, who are you? Who, they keep saying, who are you? They don't know. <laughs> no, um, but I hope something happens. It would be really nice. It's uh, It'd be something nice to... With conventions, but, uh, you know. What I really hope is that they take some of 
the work that you have done, that you have inked, and just almost transpose that onto the screen. Because that is what comic fans are looking for, Frank. I'm going to look They're for the looking. back shot. They're looking, They're looking but looking then for they never get it, you know? But that's where Marvel's It would be great to in. show some of the um, pages as, like, cut scenes, you know? You know, you see it in like splash pages all the time. Scene to scene? You know, like going back like to what? Walking Dead. Like transitioning from scene to scene, so yeah. Like when they hard cut from a scene, oh, I and see then yeah, they're traveling, or they and they show like a page of it, yeah, and then exactly, and then, and then yeah. blend back into it, yeah. That's oh, yeah, what that's I that's what I was trying to say, but with absolutely the wrong words. Thank you. That's <laughs> no, all right. We got you. We're psychic here. <laughs> we run a psychic. We have a parrot and a psychic. Sure, but no donkey dicks. No. Got it. No. Thank you. None to be found. Um, but uh, of course, whether Sounds or like not, like a '90s show on Comedy Central. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that 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 it does. That it does. That actually. checks out. That checks something out. Really good. I really do. Um, it would be nice. Um, I kind of like the Punisher when it first issue uh, series, and the second, the third one got a little. I think I got a little wonky. Um, I love Iron Fist. The character, the series, blue. Yeah. Like nobody's business. Yeah. Um, I really hope they really pull something together. I really do. Yeah. I agree. I agree. What it was sold me as John Barrowthill as the as the He really is the only one from and we've discussed this before from the Netflix um Marvel shows that I thought that the lead character was the best part of the show. Whereas on the other ones it was the supporting cast that kind of Stole well, the, that, um, John Barathol scene, scene in the prison in Daredevil. That just yeah. sold me. Like, oh, yeah, that, absolutely. that was like the definitive. So Jay Masters says War Journal was the most famous f- for the first real Punisher Wolverine crossover. That'd be exciting to get, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I broke it. Would it? His mic We're having off. technical difficulties. Hang on, I broke my mic. Your mic just yeeted itself off the table. Yeet! Yes, it did. Yeah, it did. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I completely. Here, give me the mic. Hang on, no, I got it. I you got hold it. the mic. No, I got what it. blasphemy did you speak that your mic was like, uh, nope? <laughs> I, I, I'm I out. See it? Just go. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> my my mic gave up. Um, it was the donkey dick. It was the donkey dick. It was just like, I did not get put together for this. I was not put together for donkey dick. Might be the po- uh, title of the podcast. There so you go. When it's a Kevin different F- type of double D, man. When Kevin Foggy made his R-rated comments, he said that MCU hasn't yet hasn't yet tackled the character other than Deadpool that requires more mature tone to thrive which wasn't him ruling out the potential for uh, future movies or TV shows skewing older, uh, according to Sutton. In fact, that's why the, uh, the violent R-rated adaptation of Punisher remains on the table, with Hulu providing the perfect means for a separating, uh, separating it from the family-friendly Disney Plus lineup. Now, we already know that Deadpool 3 is going to be rated R, are you going to put that on Disney Plus and not put this R-rated Punisher on there and just kind of segregate that stuff to anything more mature over to Hulu? Kind of seems silly. Why not just yeah. have a fucking parental lock on it? Disney well, Plus I, is a platform. I thought I heard something 
or read something a while back that Disney is going to have like an adult like tier. They're only doing that by the parental lock system, and they're only keeping stuff. Is that okay? Yeah, they're, they're not, no, I remember not seeing something about them for their other things that are going to be I mean, coming they, into the they, catalog that they don't want like to give open access to anyone with a with yeah. an account. They yeah. own Hulu, so they they have a clear forum for it. It's just you know I really don't want to see something like that go, you know, completely by the wayside just because it's rated R and it needs to be that way to right. convey the story. So if it needs to be on Hulu for that, okay. But I think the House of Mouse Again, has to understand that you're going to have all process. types coming to your streaming platform. It's the same thought yeah. process. Give it its due. Stick to the source material and people will come to it. But if you're sticking to the source material, which is what Marvel is known for right now, even though they're kind of, you know, buffeting it and picking and choosing what comic storylines they Jay want. Jay Master says Disney after dark. <laughs> I like that. That's what I'm alluding to. Disney after dark. We get a little. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I thought Disney I heard some side well, channel. Heard. I'll Disney look into it and piece. I'll share. If I can find that article, I'll share it in the group chat. But yeah, um, they're, they had, they tried to do adult movies or rated r i shouldn't say adult like that <laughs> uh rated r movies and rated nc-17 they did have i think an nc-17 with bruce willis um with the girl that had like um multiple personalities i was really surprised that cat was Color bringing us into the porn realm what I me didn't know that yeah with isn't the, it usually me no with the adult movies i was just like wow cat's bringing up adult movies okay <laughs> isn't it usually me though I don't mean to. That or was a Ke- good segue. Or Kelly with the tennis. Like in my head, like in my head, they're innocent. And then once the words come out of my mouth, I do that. Oh, giggity. Um, <laughs> another thing you may giggity yeah. at is this next story because Netflix debuts our first look at Jupiter's legacy, not the planet. Uh, in wake of a teaser revealing when Netflix's own superhero series is set to take uh, flight, the streamer has released a first look at Jupiter's legacy costumed characters, bringing co-creators Mark Miller and Frank Quietly's generational cast to life. And I really like this trailer because, uh, not this one, go below it. Um, this is comic book <laughs> di- uh, CBR bullshit. That's the one. Um, they're taking the comics and bringing it to life. And that's what I really love about this. They're taking moments like right here, which is obviously a splash page. And it's that kind of detail that really, you know, Netflix is known for. Uh, the video pans across the artist's oh, workspace that. as quietly sketched. See, that's what I'm talking about for the Punisher. Yes. That's an idea. We just have Frank's workspace where he's just yeah. inking everything out for the war journals. And then that's like the intro for the whole series. We're trying to put you to work, Frank. Marvel, call us. He needs a Bentley. All Don't right? call us. Call Frank directly. Yes, we take we take no commission. In, in Frank his needs mortgage. Okay. <laughs> We're, this is the, the you know, the, the uh, Kickstarter for Frank. There you go. There you Frank go. needs money to invest in Dogecoin. <laughs> okay. 
So we've seen uh, shows superhero leads uh, and opening with the images of the uh, series Young Celebrity Superheroes. Uh, the teaser leads into the showing of the main villain, Black Star, before shifting to Hunch, uh, the son of one of the world's greatest supervillains. And Chloe Sampson, uh, the daughter of Utopian, a.k.a. the world's greatest superhero. The video then takes us to the past where we see Josh Dumal's Sheldon Sampson in 1929 before shifting back to the present where we're introduced to his son, Chloe's brother, Brandon Sampson. Brandon! Video closes out with a shot of the modern area Utopian, also played by Dumal, uh, alongside his wife, Lady Liberty, and his brother, Walter Sampson. Brainwave. So, Jupiter's Legacy is one of the many projects of uh, Mark Miller projects that Netflix is adapting to the streaming service. Purchased his It purchased his Miller World imprint in 2017 and announced the first slate of his projects based on Miller World comics, including the Jupiter's Legacy and American Jesus, as well as uh, films based on Empress Huck and Sharky and the Bounty... Huck and Sharky the Bounty Hunter. Huck and Sharky the Bounty Yeah. So there's Miller World stuff in there for Netflix to where... When they had that Marvel split from Netflix, their solution was to go to Mark Miller. Yeah. Kick-ass, a whole bunch of different kind of comics. And now with Jupiter's Legacy and a bunch of these other stuff they have working on, it's not very well known. So that's really... The big stepping point for Netflix that the big that's hurdle they have to get over. That's a bad thing that it's not well known because it exposes more people to the, to the source material, and then they get a whole nother. Yeah, like, but it's push. not on Comicsology Unlimited. I don't like it. <laughs> it's not free. Yeah, not everybody <laughs> wants it for free. I want it for free. I know you do, cheap bitch. Who doesn't want Mark Miller for bringing back? Who doesn't want anything for free? Who wants to pay for shit? I don't want to pay for shit. Nobody wants to pay for shit. Don't make me look like the thrifty bastard. Because I am. <laughs> what, else, what, what else you got? <laughs> but what else we got here? We have District 9 sequel. District 10 in wow, the works. Um, thrifty. Yeah, it's a thrifty title is what they're going for. District 9 director Neil Blomkamp has revealed it, that he's working on an uh, District 10 screenplay. Blumkamp announced on Twitter that he has uh, reteamed with his District 9 partners, Shartlow Copley, Terry Tatchell, uh, to write the screenplay for District 10, the long-awaited follow-up to his sci-fi action movie, District 9, which opened in 2009 to critical acclaim. He told his followers District 10 screenplay, also being written by Ash Shartlow and Tarche and I. It's a coming. I remember when this movie came out. It was it's such Great. a fantastic movie. Fantastic! I loved this movie, and it was it. it tugged it, it tugged on the heartstrings in the moments that it needed to, and and you were there with them. And now journey. it has an especially different kind of message because now you know when you meet an alien, you may want to ma- wear a mask because they you don't want their bodily fluids spitting up on you, and then you become an alien. Um, That's what I got from the first movie. Anybody else? No? Just me? 
Okay. I got wear a mask. All right, I'm by myself. We're gonna we're gonna be on to the next story for this highly politicized right, right. segment. But I really like that was a painful segue. I really it was. <laughs> but I like the premise of that one. Another thing that's painful is probably going to be this next movie because Tom Holland says the way he approached the performance was a mistake in the Uncharted movie. He was talking to GQ. Holland reflected on his role in the Uncharted movie. Did you know Geico movie. could save you hundreds on car insurance? I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I wow. I am so glad you let me know that. Geico. Crazy. Um, Uncharted movie, now dated for release 2022, and shared his own personal concerns about his acting performance. He said he felt at times he kind of fell under the spell of concentrating on the way that uh, he looked in certain shots rather than channeling all of his focus solely into playing the character. How worried does that make you? Pretty worried. Yeah, like, to, but yeah, I like think he's gonna five dollar DVD. Great, he's gonna look fabulous. <laughs> look, great. he'll be. He'll let's be. let's just let's just call spade a spade, and they're gonna be focusing all their uh, eggs on the Last of Us TV show now. As soon well, as you start worrying about, do I look good in this shot? Acting becomes something other than playing a character. I think there are elements of my performance in Uncharted where I kind of fell under the spell of being. Do I want to look good now? I want this to look like a cool moment, very stoic. Let me show off my bulging biceps. His words, not mine. I don't have now, bulging biceps. Is he being serious right now, or is he just being, like, ridiculous? Like, trying to be funny? My it's... money's on ridiculous. Because, you know, you had me at the beginning where, like, you know... I'm not 100% happy with my performance because I think I got caught up on the aesthetics. Like, that I would buy, but it's like, uh, showing off my... Once you said showing off my biceps, that to me sounds like a joke, and, like, he's just trying to be... From what little... Yeah, from what little I've done of actual filming, everybody I've filmed thought they were absolutely horrible, and what I actually produced was perfectly fine. So the actor's viewpoint is really shit. It doesn't matter. You're only seeing one part. I was standing there looking all goofy and CGI, or I was standing there yelling at a green screen and a foam ball. You feel ridiculous, and you feel silly. I get it. That's the area we are. You are the Red Fox character going, shut up, dummy. Yeah. (laughs) It's just that, yeah, that's it. You feel like an idiot. Shut up, dummy. Go on. That doesn't necessarily mean that the movie is bad because before he said this, he also said, you know, the script was really solid and he thought that it would bring people in from not only that are fans of the series, but also Tom Holland that are just charted three, you know, uh, open to a new movie experience. And that's really what this movie is about. It's about bringing people into it. But maybe Tom Holland can find Uncharted three here. He may be able to find Uncharted 3 at our next story, which, of course, is the Gaming DVD Exchange over at 23 East State Street. Of course, you're going to walk that in that was there. a good segue. Thank you very much. Of course, we it's not right unless that we have our main man, Connor. <laughs> and, of course, you walk in the door and he'll say, Broski. 
A lot. He'll have everything from the latest all the way to the retro. And do you want to have something to complete your man cave? Maybe you want to have that ultimate Zelda game, the golden one. Or she shed. One. Or, or she, she shed. Maybe you want to complete that ultimate paradise that you have in your mind and you just need that ultimate retro game or latest in the franchise in your home well you're going to want to go over here to the 23 state street hop on in the door and tell mark broski give me your finest shit (laughs) and he's going to tell you chris is secretly growing his hair back i know it that's why he had to shave it off that's why he had to shave it off yep and then he's going to tell you that Kelly, Kelly and I are twins. I know, I know. There, there's no genetic DNA markers in that. That's just a theory. None Katarina needed. Katarina is banned from my store. And Katarina's still banned. She is. She is. But she's proud of it. She's proud of it. And uh, one thing you are going to be proud of is this next story because Blizzard warns fans about fake Diablo 2 resurrected alpha invites. It's like anything else. Same thing happened with Diablo 3. Yeah. Earlier this week, Blizzard confirmed that there will uh, be at least two chances for players to get their hands on Diablo 2 resurrected with alpha tests. But now the company is warning players of fakes trying to capitalize on the excitement. Who would have thought the blasphemy? Those scallywags. Bob. Adam Fletcher. It wasn't him. Blizzard's community development lead, that's the good guy, uh, took to Twitter to (laughs) warn that the company is already uh, being made aware of a few different fake alpha invites floating around following the reveal. Just a a heads up to uh, everyone uh, interested in Diablo 2 and the tech alpha. Uh, don't fall for scams. I've seen numerous places state that they are running contests or giving away access. That isn't true. He also posted an example of said scam in the follow-up tweet. Uh, further along in the thread, the community leader, uh, the community lead, links to a Diablo 2 resurrected subreddit, s- saying that it's. Uh, it is helping to facilitate these scams, and the only way to get in on the alpha action is through the official website. Following this, uh, calling out on subreddit, the Blizzard Devs Reddit account was banned from participating in the thread about the game. So, biz- Blizzard, uh, bizarrely enough, the same thread creator uh, created another post not linked to the community dev. And that is just another sign to let you know that it's fake. So if you don't see, I'm just going. Adam Fletcher's name attached to the post. It's not real. Adam Fletcher, you have an easy way to solve this. It's called the BattleNet app, on installed on the PC. You can just do the notifications through that application, because then it's already verified and installed on the user's PC. Your problem is nobody looks there and everybody looks at Twitter. Fuck that. Another thing that people are going to be looking at is this next story because Final Fantasy's creator is back with a classic RPG made of incredible handcrafted dioramas. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. And that is Frank so much better this. than the shoebox shit I did. As a kid. And you see right here, <laughs> scroll up a little bit, right above my head, 
Uh, scroll up it's a little a bit. It's a goose. <laughs> up. There we go. Right here. You see right above my head. This little, this little shed right here is going to be no That's no nothing why would you put Stop. the picture there no, just... <laughs> there we go so let's go back this, to the goose this box right here <laughs> this little shed that is the same shed that is it that is right here because they're all they're doing is they're making that little shed and then they're adding it into the computer program and then they're adding lighting and clouds and different effects like that. So everything you see in this game... They make it all pretty. ...is going to be like this right here. This gigantic Final Fantasy-style ship. This is a diorama. This whole scene with the card, with the rock and everything. Looks right like here with the interiors, wear. with the, the new bedding. You know, and the action sequences. I'm sure that's li actual lightning. Um, maybe not. But sixty-six times. <laughs> but that's the thing. To, great I, outdoors is a great movie. It's an outside idea to where you would almost think of this of almost like a little big planet, that mm -hmm. kind of a style, to where maybe they would have like little dioramas to get the kind of feel for it. It's a very raking sand kind of like way of you know creating a video game. The creator says it's extremely tedious. Yes. Because but. you have to put immense detail into everything. Because in the game, you're going to be able to see everything now. It's you know? a labor of love. That's why he's doing it. And that's why, you know, that's, his... That's why they use computers. His new, his new shit is called Fantasin. Uh, Much like Frank will tell you, it, nothing is like the real thing, though. Yeah. yeah, why make it twice? Why Why do it in 3D and then do another... Because those pieces will be collector items, and you can make money. There's only one, <laughs> and it As will it will find it will find a market on eBay. Because we're gonna oh, sell oh. all those dioramas. All oh, them no, nerds no. are gonna buy that shit just because he crapped it out. Creator <laughs> Final Fantasy does some amazing things. You want hey man, it's impressive. Yeah. Like, look, if well, I had the chance market. to buy that, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm pretty sure he had like more than one for every build, like because he probably had to like rotate, or he probably had like six different dioramas. You never yeah. know. So, Fanta then is developed by uh, Mistwalker, a studio uh, Sakaguchi uh, founded in 2004, and is currently listed as coming soon into the Apple Arcade. He says the concept began around three years ago when he finally. Uh, when he had collaborators replay Final Fantasy four which for is the first time two in, in years in the US. Playing that that game reminded me of how much I really adored the classic RPG genre and renewed my interest in it. It also made me want to go back to my roots. The premise for Fantasy in meanwhile even sounds like the classic Final Fantasy. The tale begins in a realm governed by the machines in which Leo causes a massive explosion at a, a hybrid magic tech uh, factory resulting in his memory loss. Following the one memory left to him, a vision of a young woman, he is transported to a dusty frontier town called N. There he is reunited with a girl from his memory, Kina. In, a, uh, in an effort to recover Leo's memories 
and find their own destinies, the two set off on an adventure together. During their travels, wow. Leo's past travel, uh, Leo's past is revealed bit by bit, as are the many layers that would make up the game world within this multi-dimensional universe. The balance of chaos and order becomes a key factor in the struggle for these realms and the machinations of gods who wish to control them. So Mistwalker is releasing this on Apple, iOS, and uh, it's pretty much uh, Apple TV, so there's all, only Apple in this for Final Fantasy fans. Which I have Apple TV. We're good. Oh. Okay. Thank God. All right, Waljangus. Hold down the red alert. Hold down the red alert. We're good. He has Apple TV. We're fine. (laughs) We're fine. Until you put up the red alert for this next story, because Aliens Fireteam is a co-op PvE shooter coming to PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. Uh, This is courtesy of John Walsh. And the Eagles! Bringing it down to hotel. Not the Silver Bullet Band. (laughs) Not the so. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh, not John. John. John Walsh is from the Eagles. Anyway, uh, they're running through this board like they're desperados. Yeah. yeah. So, Aliens Fireteam, a Left 4 Dead like three-player co-op PVE shooter, has been announced for release this summer on PC, PlayStation Five, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation Four, and Xbox One. Uh, developer. Cold Iron Studios revealed that the project, which was teased back in 2018, will take place in a multi-mission story campaign, seemingly familiar in structure to Left 4 Dead or Back 4 Blood. Cold Iron co-founder Craig Zinjic... Thank you. Uh, Says... You didn't want to know his name anyway. Um, says one of the fam- one of the goals of Aliens Fireteam is to fulfill the Cameron-esque fantasy we saw on screen in the 1986 classic Aliens. Um, one thing I have to say is, is um, the game that we got back, I don't know, going on 10 years now. Was that Colonial Marines? Colonial Marines. Yeah. That was just atrocious. This looks a lot better. I was look, watching this, this trailer earlier, and I was like, oh, my God, this, this is what I wanted. This trailer is 10% of what we got. In, you know, Especially, like, you know, 2010. if you know anything about Aliens, this trailer itself just looks so amazing. Crisp and clean and yeah. like the way it should have been developed from the get-go. Exactly. Where I'm, I'm a real fan of this, and I think Fireteam has I'm something just a, going. A, a Aliens fan in general, so it's just to have the source material like this and to have it kind of uh, give it <laughs> to me in great. this format. I like it. Yeah, and Fireteam is set in 2202, 23 years after the original Alien movie trilogy. At this point in time, xenomorph outbreaks are rare, but the aliens are widely known about. Colonial Protection Act of 2187 commissioned warships to patrol the universe and protect colonialists from xenomorph outbreaks. You play as a new soldier aboard the USS Endeavor, and you end up orbiting Katanga after a distress call. I, I, all I want is them to do a tribute to Bill Paxton, and I'd be happy. Oh, that would. It's be over, funny. man. We're it's all dead, man. <laughs> That's all I want, man. They're over. Make it happen. Nine-year-old girl lived here for years. 
There are over 20 total enemy types, including 11 unique types of xenomorphs, ranging from facehuggers to plantherins to synthetics. We'll also uh, be on the list of foes. Each companion has a new enemy to fight, and one of them being a xenomorph hive. Speaking of aliens, you know uh, Velasquez, who had the Viper rifle, was actually um, John Connor's adopted... Or like Anne or Uncle in Terminator Two. Oh, yeah, the foster yeah, mom. The yeah, foster the foster mom. mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that was her. There was that meme that where uh, it was Arnold saying, "Are your foster parents PC players?" And was, I'm going <laughs> to stop by and grab a 3080 on my way home. Okay, honey, that sounds great. Your foster parents are She also plays like dead. I think the Scottish or Irish mom on the Titanic, who's telling the story to the little kids yep. as the the ship mm-hmm. is, and she's got quite the career that woman so a whole bolt of despair in these uh stories uh very uh uplifting but one thing that may uplift spirits or rafts it's this next story an ambitious open world dungeons and dragons adventure game is in the works hidden path entertainment is in development of a triple a third-person, open-world fantasy game in the Dungeons & Dragons franchise. The developer made the announcement on March 2nd via Twitter. In a tweet, he stated that uh, the studio is hiring for the project. Hidden Path Entertainment is the developer behind Raccoon Lagoon, Defense Grid 2, and VR titles like Witch Witch Blood and Brass Tacks. Not much is known about the project at this time, aside from a notable figure on the development team itself, Whitney Sticks Beltran, a high-profile indie developer responsible for the award-winning tabletop game Bluebeard's Bridge. So she's involved in that, and she has said it. And uh, there's a, a bunch of ways that this could go. Obviously, they released Baldur's Gate 3 uh, back in October. And the there's a big mythos behind this. Open world is very much a enticing feature, especially for a, a very thick lore based franchise like Dungeons and Dragons, because you already have them kind of invading with Netflix on Stranger Things, mm-hmm. which I never thought Dungeons and Dragons, you know, entertainment for me that wasn't my kind of nerddom. But I watched Stranger Things and I was like. Like, fuck, maybe I want to start playing D&D. I don't know. <laughs> oh, we should. We should. We Henry Cavill plays D&D. Yeah, we can do it. You know, we, we, we can just... play it on Discord. Let's do it. Do it. We, do have, we do have a Projangers and Wallhangers Discord, too. So we may actually start up the PJ A&D D&D League. D&D. <laughs> <laughs> the PJ D&D League. That's a thing now. Fuck it. We'll go with it. Um, another thing. Wall jangling uh, tabletop universe. There you go. Done. Another, another Kelly, thing. make the shirt. Another thing that's a thing is this next story. Pokemon Legends announced a new open world Pokemon game. Hmm. With snaps included. <laughs> po- Pokemon <laughs> will get its first open world game in 2022. The game, uh, Game Freak, is developing Pokemon Legends Atrius, the open world game set to, in a past era of the Scion region. Brief tease released today showed some of the game's new features. 
Pokemon freely roam around the map. Players will need to sneak up on the potential chase uh, Pokemon to catch them. Battles now take place in real time, though, with moves costing energy uh, to perform. Players will also <laughs> choose between Rowlet, Cyndraquil, Sin- uh, and Oshawott. Oshawott, not Oshawott. I broke cat. But Asha Twat is not the name. (laughs) It's Asha Watt. I still feel like that's a missed opportunity, though. Please make that title. Asha Twat is your starter type there, sir. I'm just asking what element type. Asha Twat is a water Pokemon. (laughs) And she's your starter. She's one of your starter choices. So she's a squirter, huh? Squirts out of thick Shower. <laughs> <laughs> that should not be that funny. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> Ooh, I'm an adult. I'm an adult. I'm an adult. <sighs> oh, man, that was a layup if I ever saw it. <laughs> I'll leave you, bitch. <laughs> no, I got you. I got you. LeBron, that shit, man. <laughs> Title of the podcast, Big Brother Breaks Everyone. Uh, additionally, Pokemon, remember them? Uh, additionally, there's no trans, there's no transitions between maps and battles, including exploration. All take place without transitions. No further details were given, but we can expect Pokemon Legends, Pokemon Legends, Asha Twat. I I think we need to segue from this story. To your chi guys. (laughs) (laughs) So open world Oshitwat came. Coming in 2022 for you, Pokemon fans. He is literally cheering. I see it. Oh, that that was too funny. Uh, It's an open world game as Pokemon. You're going to have fun editing this. (laughs) Pre-orders are live now at Best Buy. (laughs) It's probably not called Oshitwa. I have to just warn you there. It's yeah, probably you go imagine, find it in the back room of the video store. <laughs> behind could the beaded curtain. The behind the curtain. You're all going in the Best Buy talking to mommy. Say, I want to uh. get the Oshitwat. <laughs> Give me the plushie. I need plushie. a Pokemon Oshitwat. What? <laughs> I choose you. No, you don't. You don't choose that Not at all, mister. <laughs> you stay out of that district. <laughs> One thing you may be choosing is this next story. See how I put us back on the rails there? No, oh, I'll Ooh. get us off the rails. Don't worry. We'll see. 
Ugh, it's not going to stay Talk there, but snaps. <laughs> Nintendo is reportedly announcing a 4K capable Switch modeled with a bigger screen this year. Bloomberg reports more details on a heavily rumored model that we've ever seen before. Uh, the report states that the new model will feature a larger Samsung OLED touchscreen on the device uh, for use in handheld te- and tabletop mode. The screen is said to be a 7-inch OLED panel capable of 720p resolution. With the production uh, to get underway as early as June and shipments to set out assemblers in July, uh, current Switch models feature a 6.2-inch screen uh, on the base model and a 5.5-inch screen on the Switch Lite. Uh, The Nintendo Switch model will also reportedly be capable of a 4K resolution when docked and connected to a capable television. The report claims that Nintendo hopes to revitalize the Switch lineup to make it more relevant in an industry that just saw uh, the new release, uh, or just saw a new release. Uh, The more powerful consoles from PlayStation and Xbox. So they have this this huge uh, competition. It's this. This plus one one inch. It it currently what? You got to put it in the camera for them to see. Yeah, one more inch. One yeah. more inch is going to get you that much. 720p. This, this was a guy's This idea. is 570. Because this one's 570. The next one's going to be 720. Ooh. Oh, it's a true high def. And it's an extra inch. Yeah. Giggity. So that's the difference between them. How are we going to fight these new systems? It's still going to have that stupid friend code to where you have to say, all right, Chris, my friend code is uh, JXRZ2159JX ampersand exclamation point. You don't need to do that. Just download the app on your phone and you'll be good. And it does it by your friends on your phone. So it does it by magic. Okay. Another thing. In the interwebs. Another thing that may be magic is this next story. Because Microsoft reveals impressive mesh AR technology, tech giant Microsoft has unveiled its current ed, uh, its cutting edge augmented reality technology, and there's a trailer below um, named Microsoft Mesh. The brand new platform promises to enable users to have presence and shared experiences from anywhere in the world through mixed reality applications. The mesh technology was first revealed at yesterday's Digital Microsoft Ignite Conference, which is the company's annual conference for developers who want to take over the world. No, for developers and IT professionals. Sorry, that was a typo. (laughs) Ignite's keynote experience was for the first designated entirely for mixed reality, although people to attend Microsoft's conference from their home as avatars to witness the show uh, happen in real time via the shared holographic world. The concept goes well beyond the more straightforward VR office concept seen in Facebook's Oculus Rift. Mesh's aspirations envision a true mixed reality application, which, <coughs> as seen in the video below, allows holographic avatars to interact with objects that appear in physical spaces, coined as portation for example, a user could be standing in their living room and looking at the uh, at a large rotating globe hologram 
while a teacher or professor holographic avatar actively uh, interacts with it. So while those inside of the virtual space will initially take the form of expressive avatars, Microsoft promises the transition to photorealistic projections later on down the line. Microsoft uh, CEO Santa Nadella is to be believed the interweaving of digital bits and physical atoms will make communication from afar an entirely different proposition in the years to come. I'm I am Blade Runner. Here we come. I'm cautiously optimistic of of the technology because (laughs) that's kind of what I fucking feel, man. Like, look at that. That, That's Star Wars. That's Star Trek. That's that's. That's that's stark. Yeah. yeah. So it's you're going nice to have a lot future. of benefits and negatives to this real world application. Just from like a medical perspective, you will have like, you know, you'll have it. There will be leaps. Could you imagine hacking with technology. one of these things? They're going to literally be picking out the interweb and they're just going to be picking off your information. So everything like that we possible. saw in the 80s hackers movies is going to actually exist. It's coming now. true. Correct. They you were don't actually even have to get out predictions. Of bed to launch nuclears, you know. Yeah. So you're telling me war games is going to happen? I better get better at tic tac toe. <laughs> this is how Skynet happens. Chinese checkers, this is man. Skynet, yeah. I used to be professional tic tac toe, so I think I could save the world. I think we're good. All right. Mm. Do you want to play a game? <laughs> you kind of sounding a little saw there. <laughs> Sawzy. It'll be more like term. <laughs> a little saucy. That looks amazing. That really looks amazing. I'm, I'm just. Well, I got to tell you, it has a $3,500 price tag for the Hala lens, too. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, $3,500 is not a what lot of money we? compared to the, what the, what you're getting with the technology. We're just, for right now, what we're getting is just an enhanced Xbox Live party chat system. Fortunately, Mesh is said to become available what we really for. Want uh, is a holodeck. I'd like the holodeck. Yeah, mesh wow. is mesh is said to become available to more AR and VR headsets Everybody as time goes on. So for those looking for a cheaper alternative, the Oculus Quest 2 is set to receive a 120 hertz refresh rate update Shit, that only cost $299. So you could grab a $299 There's something that's coming Oculus out Quest. like brand spanking new. That's a very reasonable price. Yeah. Yeah. You have Oculus yeah. Quest 2, 300 bucks. You could buy that, and it looks like the AR and VR industry will only get more prominent as the years to come. So you will have access to this technology with those VR and AR options. That is the promise of this technology to where, yes, it's an interesting prospect, but now with like this little bit here of physical therapy and different things in this COVID world that you can now outsource – and have interactivity to where you really couldn't. You can have a yeah, lot and you more can have international exactly. access to to health professionals that you, you can't now. Like it just the implications as far as the betterment um, of people health wise or just even society is to me will far outweigh the cons. But yeah. I am also an yeah. optimist. I want to believe for the most part. I want, I, I, I want to, I, yeah, I want to be people, you know, that are good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't want There's the always going to be bad. There's always going to be bad, but I, I do feel like stuff like this, especially for people that are homebound, 
people that can't afford um, going to different countries for treatment. Like, you know, this might cure somebody in Sri Lanka, you know, with a doctor that's in Canada, but in in a way that they couldn't do right now. Exactly. Interconnectivity to where that's really the next step. You know, I also you see just play, uh, you can play chess with like in uh, the Millennium Falcon, you know, exactly, yeah. exactly. I see this going in the ways of um, like Elon Musk getting involved and, and doing his Starlink for the Internet. Hey, that... if he wants to throw if Bill Gates and Elon Musk and all the other <laughs> I don't billionaires if... want to throw money at this, please do so. I don't know if they're exactly friends or poker buddies, but I, I think that those I don't two... care. they all they all share a common wallet size. <laughs> Giggity. There you go. <laughs> but that's what uh, the impressiveness that Microsoft, uh, Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, you know, Microsoft. Yeah, this is what the Microsoft has going on. Not to say that this technology will get get us there, you know, in, in, in any real time. But, like, I could arguably play cards with my cousins in Portugal with this. Yeah. Yep. Hey, that'd be yeah, and, like, you could. interact with them in a way that I, that I can't right now. Exactly. And you'd get a lot more of the feeling of that person actually, you know, experiencing something with that person as opposed to, like, a Zoom call. This because be you have that 3D. There's, there's a lot of other implications to the software. Like, when you, when you have a device that needs to be fixed, you can actually have the... Uh, this AR connected to it to see what's wrong on the inside yeah. to see where it's not yeah. connected and you can, might be able to fix if it. You, if you call Apple about your iPhone, you can actually, you know. You'll be put VR. on hold for two hours. But this is <laughs> this is just the impressive stuff that Microsoft has going on. Ooh, I don't, I don't know how I feel about the way you said Microsoft. But of course, <laughs> what does if Sony we... have going on? Oh, here we yeah, go. What's, what's Sony doing? Yeah, that's what he was supposed to say. I planned this before. The same thing, but they're all Smash Brothers character avatars. Sony patented a way of turning, wait for it, bananas, oranges, and mugs into PlayStation controllers. No, sir. Yes. Why would you want to do that? Why not? They have a game called Ape Escape. It's for that. <laughs> in case you rage break your controllers and you don't want to get in trouble with your mom, you can yeah, you stick it on a, a mug. Yeah, you have like, an option. Fine. What's it's more fine. expensive, a $70 controller or a banana? Or a dollar banana. banana. <laughs> I'm going to go with the, the banana. banana. <laughs> so, title Just of the as podcast. Long as you don't throw those out with the banana. Yeah, and Sony has patented technology. You're have to clean something up on a rage quit. <laughs> <laughs> I need another banana. I have to stop using oranges. I need another controller. Like Get me that. I need another controller. Get me that cream pie. <laughs> Just asking for a rage quit there, like Snoop Dogg and Madden. Um, Sony. That was pretty funny. <laughs> Sony is bad to technology that will allow players to turn household objects and even fruit into a PlayStation controller. Players would use the camera to scan objects for the system to detect, which could then be used for specific in-game functions. Giggity. As reported by GameIndustry.biz, 
recent Sony patent was filed for the innovation, identifying that the game peripherals can be seen as too complicated and expensive for some users, and reasoning that it would be desirable if a user could be could use an inexpensive, simple, and non-electronic device as a video game peripheral. Their uh, potential solution, turning readily available objects into peripherals for games. That is kind of revolutionary. Hey, you don't have a controller. Why not kill a yingling? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know... As long as with a chosen one, <laughs> as, as long as an <laughs> object is, that gives a whole new meaning to high ground. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you go with the high ground too. I had a lot of yinglings. <laughs> oh, and fall. <laughs> Maybe that was Anakin's problem. He killed a little bit too many yinglings, and he misunderstood yinglings for younglings, <laughs> and that's how Anakin. That's how Obi Wan got the high yeah, ground. Yeah, your father left us for you. Just happens to be four feet long. It was clearly. It he didn't wasn't, know how to play the floor is lava either. It so. wasn't a lava pool on on Mostafar. It was a baby pool in Masta's yard, and he was just completely obliterated. Yeah. Anakin just got drunk. That's what happened. And Obi-Wan's just like, look, I got to get away from this guy. And I'm taking your child because, good Lord, ch- you know, child's health this is not a safe environment. I would love to see the CYS version of in in Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, the child I mean, you don't have. <laughs> bringing it back to this, but you could have a child as your non-luminescent and passive uh, controller. You know, you push your little baby's nose in, and that shoots a uh, you know somebody in the face. It's possible. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't want. I don't want the crying four month old. You don't want the baby as a controller. No, I'm trying to solve problems here, sir. I'd like a. Controller. I have to hold my baby, but I want to play games. That is your solution. I'm sorry, I said it. Mic drop, but I can't. Child service would be knocking on your door, please. You know, you know, you know, you know I'm a man. You would be exiting reporter, that door with right? iron bracelets, there, sir. There you go. You know, you're just like, boop, 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 boop. This is your new accessory. <laughs> yeah. No but babies were I have yet to see someone play with a controller that isn't super aggressive on their keys. What about on the, the guy? Joystick. So doing that to a child, I don't think that's going to translate well. What about the guy yeah. who played uh, Super Mario Brothers with the violin? You remember that shit? Yeah, I remember he played Super Mario Brothers, the original first World One, on the violin. It was awesome. And he also there was also one there was a guy with a keyboard, right? Um, a keyboard and a um, guitar hero controller, and one guy who controlled it with his finger. But that wasn't on YouTube. Where, where this, <laughs> I what, love what your double take. <laughs> that was the black net, but. This brings us to the our end segment. Oh. Every episode I ask, how did we get here? <laughs> Which Every... our end segment is a little bit dark because it is versus ultimate evil CEOs. Lex Luthor versus Xanatos from Gargoyles. 
Who is the ultimate evil CEO <laughs> and why? Because I feel this is a good one. Lex Luthor, very big in the corporate community, obviously. Very big in the pharmaceuticals, military weapons. Same thing with Xanatos. The only difference, Xanatos has gargoyles from the medieval times. Lex Luthor And does. also hair. Yes. A lot. Yes. And the voice of Will Riker from Star Trek The Next Generation. Jonathan Frakes, yes. Yes. So, Does he sit the same way? I haven't seen Gargoyles in a while. It's on Disney Plus, and I absolutely <laughs> love that show. Honestly, I, love it. I, love I it. did I love it. too. I just I haven't seen it in a long time. Although, what was the name of the guy who did that Lex Luthor? On, oh, I don't remember. It that. was he was the guy who was with Desmond in. Wasn't that Clancy Lost. Brown? Yes. Clancy Brown. Nice. Clancy Brown is the voice of Lex Luthor and and John Frakes says Xanatos. Man, this is such an epic fucking end end segment because even the two voices alone are epic in their own right, but the characters in themselves, both of them have mechanical armor. Xanatos Mm -hmm. had the mechanical gargoyle armor. Luthor had kryptonite powered armor that was just specifically destroyed uh, or specifically designed at destroying superman so a little bit specific both of them with specific mechanical armor and the only benefit i see is that xanatos actually had a skyscraper that went above the clouds with a castle on top that is fucking g he had it moved from Wherever it was in Europe, doing on too much. top of a fucking skyscraper. That's doing too much. I'm sorry. That's just doing too much. That's fucking money, all right? That's bling. Money. That is gravitas, all right? That's getting it done. That is. I also don't know that having a castle above the clouds is the best place for it. It's the it's only way you can break there. the curse. It's the all only the way time. you can break the curse, cat. You had to lift you them like above the gargoyles that come to do, life. Do you want gargoyles? No. Well, then you have to put the castle above the clouds. All right. <laughs> Problem solution. He did it, and now right, the gargoyles get to enjoy HBO. <laughs> On the map. Are we doing them a favor with that, though? The old one loved HBO because there was an episode that we're like, "Hey, we're going to the movies." Because, you know, Gargoyles can just hop into movies. And he was like, I'll just wait for it to pop up on HBO. I really felt with that old Gargoyle. <laughs> I really resonated with him. I, that linked uh, with me, you know? It's like finding your spirit animal. He just wanted to sit on the couch and watch TV. I'm I'm going to default to Lex Luthor just because he's more... That's eh, because you're a communist. But... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, no. You no, look sir. at the one animated series. Oh, Lex Luthor figured out the cure to cancer, and then backward en- uh, backward engineered it so that way he could make it a treatment to, you know, to last longer. That's a dick move. Xanatos See, just wanted gargoyles. Me, if you gave me. But like, wait, aren't we? Sub- which one are? What are we deciding what, here? What, who is the most evil? Uh, Okay, so you just gave him why yeah, Lex no, is but Xanatos is a guy I would drink a beer with. That, um, like, I wouldn't drink a beer with that. The question, the question is who's that's more evil, not who you'd yeah, want to hang out more. Because if we're just hanging yeah, out, then yeah, I'm with choose. you. If we're just because you know, yeah, I like I like 
you know, yeah, goatees and beards and whatnot. However, if we're talking about who's more evil, I also have to give it to Lex Luthor because he's not only evil, he's an evil genius, which makes it ever more dangerous. Lex Luthor did have the title of genius uh, to where Xanatos didn't have that. He was just a very big entrepreneur. So Lex Luthor does have that evil genius in his repertoire. There was an episode where he was wearing a fedora. So. Look. And I bet it was fedorable. <laughs> but not like a fox. Nope. Um, even though he's not, you know, on the screen here. Andrew Ryan, Bioshock. All right. No, I would allow that one yeah. as well. Andrew Ryan. Um, but if we I ha- can now just start throwing people in willy-nilly. <laughs> but if I had to pick between the two, honestly, I, I want to side with Xanatos because Me too. he... Yeah. He just wanted these gargoyles to be his goons. He revived an ancient, extinct species only to serve his pleasures. With one of them voiced. But is that evil? Along with a female gargoyle, we don't know what he did with. We don't know with the Me Too movement what he did with that female gargoyle. It was Goliath's wife. Back in a time, you are when he was woken up, real hard right now. <laughs> I'm just saying, what did he do with her? She ended up. She when she's a man, when, she's a gargoyle. You when, never know. When Goliath went to sleep, Pat, they what, were lovey dovey. He if he's voiced by Riker, then I get it. If it's attractive enough, he'll try to hit it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> when he woke up, Xanatos stole his woman. That's all I'm saying. He wanted a little stinky on his hang down and a couple gargoyles to push over people in Hell's Kitchen. That's all he wanted. That's a hell of a kink. Not that I'm shaming. That's where Lex Luthor. What? What? what Lex Luthor just had a grudge against one guy because he could never be as powerful as him. That's a little bit, you know, petty. Yeah. Xanatos wanted an army of gargoyles. I respect that guy. But is he more evil? Yes. yes. You keep digressing. You keep digressing. That's evil. Yeah, but all of the steps that Lex took to become more powerful, he has a goon squad. But you could also argue that Xanatos had to do those same moves in a way to become equally as successful because we're just assuming that both of them are are equally as rich. He moved the castle across the ocean and put it... Yeah, because he had fuck you money. That doesn't mean anything. And Lex Luthor made a very uh, complicated uh, base underneath a swamp for his evil henchmen to gather. Mm. The Legion of Doom. For those of you at home. Once again, proving Lex Luthor is more evil. No, but... When you don't have to create your henchmen or revive them and they want to follow you because you're a genius, you're more Listen... Lex Luger, like I can even talk. He set out to make his Legion of Doom goon squad, and he did. This dude revived what four gargoyles and was unsuccessful. <laughs> Look, that's just because he wasn't very good at management. He wasn't good so at management. So he's not. But you're was, not. You are not making a strong case for yourself. I'm he sorry. He wasn't good yeah, at management because he was evil. That's why he lost. That's correct. He wasn't good at management because he was evil. <laughs> I imagine if you're an evil son like, of a bitch, nobody's going to listen domination. to you. But if you're an evil son of a bitch in the workplace, nobody's going to listen to you. If right? you are an evil 
person. People are going to listen to you because you are evil, and they know that whatever threat you make, you're going to follow through on. The dude spent how many seasons of Gargoyles? Was there six? I don't remember. Trying to get them to be his goons, and he was unsuccessful the entire time. All right. So the plot... Yes, but he was manipulative. Yes. Yeah. Way more, you know. Because he's Goliath like kept coming back was to him. manipulative. You guys, come on. We're gonna... like, there was a whole other level, though. I mean, yeah. some of the gargoyles were dumb, but Goliath was very strategically minded. <laughs> Most of them were dumb. Most of them were dumb, but Goliath Except was very strategically minded, and, you know, <laughs> he was very much in the know up until he went and vanished into a dream. Um, he was very much smart, and that's where you have that... I'm not saying the I'm not comparing him Goliath to Superman. Was smart is because he was voiced by Keith David. Yes, yes, yes. I I will agree with that. He made that character. <laughs> I will say he that, did. He did. No like, argument here. Yeah, just like Xanatos, it was the actor behind the character that really added to that. And same thing with Lex Luthor, with the animated series. I still say I agree with all your points except I'm, for the one where you think. That he is more evil than Lex Luthor. I just don't Honestly, buy it. Le, you know, history, old man, old man history Lex. not on your side for this. Big brother, where are you going? Um, I'm gonna go with Kingpin. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. No. I know no, no, of these no. two options, but no. I mean, no. He really got that these one. These Kingpin. guys work yeah. for Kingpin, so. I do imagine both of them were. I will. I will they're, also they're agree with Kingpin. So I would. Damn. All right, Frank. What do you think? I have to go with Xanatos. I just. Yeah. Just... That's a nostalgia pick. That is not yeah. based in reality, gentlemen. Smooth, so smooth manipulator. Honestly, we have uh, a Lex, a Lex, a Xanatos, a Xanatos, and a Kingpin. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on that bombshell, we have gone absolutely nowhere at all. Yeah. <laughs> Meet us here next week, and we'll do the Luther, exact Luther same thing. We'll still be arguing so about it. Yeah, we'll still be arguing about the same exact thing. Oh, James next Master week said. we all have to present a diorama on who we think is <laughs> Everybody get out your cardboard and glue sticks. Hey, I got kids. Now I have a shoebox somewhere. That's not fair. He has an army. He's going to have the best one. I don't like that. No, I, I don't like that one. I at least have a starting five in basketball. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like going up the Jordan, you know, the Jordan Chicago Bulls. I can't I can't compete with that. Unfortunately, Connor's my center. <laughs> so, your center's a little short. He's working on it. He's 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 growing. As much as he can. Three feet, four um, inches. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, we end off every week with the thank you. Oh, wait. Jay Master says, Luther also helped save the world from crime syndicate and forever evil and the Batman who laughs in death metal. So the question isn't who's evil all the time. Evil. The question is who is the most evil. And when Out they are being options, evil, Lex Luthor is the most evil, and that's it. But Lex Luthor had a sprinkle of sunshine. Sunshine, okay? A little sprinkle of sunshine in his soul. You know? He loved Le uh, Lois Lane. Very big fan of Lois Lane. Him and I don't the know Injustice if that was real love. Was awesome, I will say. It's Lex Luthor. He just wanted to get a little, you know, on his thing, thingling. 
Um, but that's not he what wanted, we end he with. He wanted some ash twat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens when you're on, Frank. Oh, oh my god. Ash twat. Oh, it must be. Oh, we're blaming it on Frank? Okay. <laughs> Lex Luthor wanted to get stinky on his Oshwat may be the title of the podcast. Um, there you go. We come to it by the end. And we also come to the thank yous, which is we thank you the ultimate, the infinite, the masterful Frank Percy for joining us again, as well as Thanks, Sean Ennis, always willing to give us America. America indeed. John Walsh from the Eagles, William Unstetter, Mark Gervais, Moisel Robinson, Jayba McNeil, Jay Masters, J.C. Harper, Sam Figlano, and Steve Milanes, or I'm sorry, no, Steve Milans, which, for those of you that don't know, podcast number 159, Lugnuts, Lando Ferrari, Swan Magayot. We talked about uh, we talked about Steve's uh, skyline, and he commented on that podcast, thanking us for talking about it, saying like Frank does, we're ever so kind and we're also so so nice. I don't believe it, but in person, please. Come we thank every person. single one of you for liking, <laughs> commenting reposting, sharing, and overall supporting our podcast. Can't we're, thank you enough. We're 202 podcasts involved here, and it's been a long, long road. We are still going and trudging along, and of course, this is a long and drawn-out goodbye. This is your long, drawn-out <laughs> goodbye. I am Matthew Bugarell, the Matman. To my right is Christopher Bristow, the old man in See person. And our producer, big brother, Stephen Bucarell. In the Projanger box above us, we have Katarina Thermoscara, all the way from Thermoscara, Catco Google. We also have Frank Percy, the Marvel anchor and master of manipulation himself. <laughs> of course. We love you. We miss you. We want to see you next week. As always, Wall Jaggers. Game on, boys and girls! Bye-bye! We'll see you next week, gang! Oh, God, we're going to end Oh, it. no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, oh, no. Oh, oh, I don't want to do it. Oh, oh, I don't want to oh, do it. Oh, God. Oh, no. 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 Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, it's dead. It's dead. My God. I can't. I can't do this anymore. We're doing it live. Play on the tangers. That was a good segue. So, how did your discussion with Franco, Cat? Frankly? Oh, I haven't had them yet. Oh. I'll be right back. I gotta get my phone. Um, as far as him joining the concert, uh, con circuit, if that's something that he intends to do, I hate to say it, but there's really no point in even discussing it with him right now because three yeah. of the major ones have already canceled for this year. So, and uh, you know, we already know that you know a bunch of cons are going all digital. Yeah, just like they did last year. So yeah, like you've already like Emerald Coast, San Diego, and a, a big anime con whose name is I think Pax East already yeah. canceled. Well, I don't want to say canceled. 
they're doing virtual conventions. They're not yeah. doing in-person I bet conventions. you everything in Florida is still a go. Even people in, are crazy. And in Texas now. <laughs> and in Mississippi. Well, even in... Um, you know what? Go for it. Even in Survival what's it called? Yeah, they can go for it. I'm not going to go for it, but they can go for it. No, even I'm vaccinated. In, um, I don't care. Even in what's it called? Um, <laughs> I got the good one. I'll be vaccinated as of the 12th. <laughs> yeah, but March. you had it. So, like... Yeah, you still have to get vaccinated when you live with an immune-compromised person. Yeah, you got to keep that mic close to you because at least two they, out of you know three what? people in this room have to have a, a mic close to their mouth. Yeah, they don't always. Yeah, they don't always need to hear what I have to say in full volume. My smart ass comments. That's very true. Sometimes, sometimes I'm very fun. Sometimes sometimes I'm really the very not, subtle. Light it's a lot like voice really mics? helps. Sometimes you all are like doing stand-up. I mean, that's very true. You two could swap mics. <laughs> yeah. I'm not detaching it. You have to detach it. See, even though I'm immunocompromised, I don't qualify because in Connecticut they're going by age, un- so I don't qualify until next month. And then screw it over here. Yes. Yeah. So we're just fixing logistical nightmares uh careful the arm is completely detached of that base so yeah so um now while we are awaiting uh final preparations for the podcast we are obviously running ever so slightly behind not us <laughs> We've Shocking never been ever i know what did you think of the um, WandaVision this week, Kat. This past week? Um, yeah. What does PW little... mean? Oh, password. Um, Frank is still trying to join us. Password. Hang on. Stop moving the mic. Fra- stop it. Uh, what if you need to... Oh. Password is... What does it say? Three. Three. Six. Six. I'm a little annoyed at the misdirect, for sure. <laughs> illegible, zero, illegible, illegible. What are y'all doing? Uh, illegible getting Frank illegible, in here. Illegible is the code. Frank decided to join so what did you think? Oh, all right. So, WandaVision. Mm-hmm. We we know, comic-wise, that Agatha Harkness is very much uh, a pal of Wanda in the comics. And right, she trained her in all the good stuff. This is the beginning of that, because even in this episode, we start off with her in that, uh, you know, basement, creepy basement, and you see the runes all in the sides, and you see right. Agatha's background, and Agatha's with Agatha's background with all the moms, or her mom and all the other witches in Salem coming in, and Frank is in the building again. G five hey, is in the Frank. building. I really think that it was a very big episode, and it went through and systematically retconned. Yeah. Uh, the Scarlet Witch. And we're seeing, just like Kevin Feige said so long ago, that this series is the road to the Scarlet Witch. 
And that's why everybody was like, House of M, House of M. No, this is just her starting to slowly lose her mind. <laughs> but what was funny is that you said House of M. How many people were pointing at the runes on the wall? I'm like, oh, that's Nam. That's that. That's a that's yeah. an Easter egg. Yeah. Frank and is waving. What's the matter? Have you not seen it? He hasn't seen one. He doesn't. Yeah, he hasn't seen one of it. But he knows up. the he's, comics he's in and out. Connecting to audio. He is connecting to audio. So, but I was just very impressed with that, especially with White Vision. Hello, Frank. Being Mm -hmm. the little Easter egg in the back because Mm -hmm. White Vision, it is said. I don't know if that counts as an Easter egg. That's a pretty big reveal there, buddy. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We have been talking about this all the time, and I don't care if you consider this a spoiler or not. It's something that everybody needs to know because it has been well in the news that Paul Bettany said that he do you want this one has gotten the chance to work with somebody that he has long wanted to work for in the business and it turns out it's himself <laughs> you know i'm the favorite person of me as well i love working with me i'm great wait is that is that for real though yeah that's, yeah. that's another misdirect no yeah it's just Paul Bettany wanted to work with Paul Bettany. Complete swerve. <laughs> he is. He's the biggest so, troll ever. His troll level is over nine thousand. I was gonna say that was a over serious 9, troll move, and that's probably gonna make him the most hated person in Marvel. Oh my god! But he's gonna be the most loved for his portrayal, though. But that's the but thing. The actor. Before this, people were still salty about Star Lord um, yeah. messing it up, and they all hated him. And now. Here comes Paul Bettany Look, saying, man. hold my mind stone. Here's and... the thing. Here's the thing. That's not a euphemism. This is my biggest <laughs> This is my biggest plot hole. This is my biggest plot hole from, from Endgame, all right? Tony Stark magically slipped, just slipped all those Infinity Stones off the gauntlet with, when Thanos wasn't looking. And in that scene in, in, in Infinity War... Nobody else thought to fucking do that. It's pull it off his hand. Why don't we just take the stones? Pull it off his hand. <laughs> yeah, but it's so. Yeah, that but that's not what happened in Infinity War. It wouldn't have mattered if Star Lord would have fucking punched him in the face if you just took the goddamn stones. Wait, the the gauntlet was not nanomachine technology, so Iron Man could not fucking do that. Yeah, because all he did was Get call his tech home. Look, man, I still think that you get, like, Hulk on that. Mm-hmm. Somebody could, is he even Spider-Man. If Spider-Man could have ripped that shit out of the fucking gauntlet, I and guarantee you. Weren't there small Spider-Man couldn't be told anything on. that, you know, he would have had to have been told the before that scene and he would have ruined it. So they can't have him do anything important. I mean. That's it. I'm, they should have given it to Pepper to do. That could have been the girl power scene. Harumph. There you go. <laughs> Another one done right. Suggested yeah. by our own cat. Yeah. Thank you. So uh <laughs> I'm available. Once again, Frank. She's like, she's like, yes, I know. Thank you for <laughs> joining us again. No problem. Anytime. And uh I will say this because I wanted to give a shout out before uh to you for lug nuts, and then when I'm doing the editing, I got everything completely fucking wrong. <laughs> I didn't say Frank Percy. I said Frank Link. I didn't say. You. I didn't Love say. I didn't say Caribe the hunted. Uh, the hunter. I said uh, 
Carbine, The Hunted. <laughs> I completely, that was a sequel. I completely <laughs> fucked it up. Fun, it is okay. while, while, but while Frank turns red with envy, he's going, but, Yeah, but, but the one caveat is, is the one quote that even it's my father scary. loves to say is, like Krusty the Clown said, Ah, but the love is there. <laughs> it's well, still there. Like the commercial in some form and fashion. I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> that was a really good segue. <laughs> that was a good segue. It was. He's got that one as well. Did you like the? Oh, uh, did you like that little video with Connor? Yes. Oh my gosh, he's so stinking cute. He is. He is adorable. And he did it on purpose. I was like, Connor, I need you to say this. He's like, That's my main man. That's my main man right there. smart kid. Don't do anything for nothing. Exactly. Can you at least say one punch? He's got one punch. I respect the hustle. (laughs) I tell you what they're going to want to do. They're going to want to hit right here, and they're going to want to hit that subscribe button right below. They're going to want to like and comment, and right above my head, well, that's going to be the very best Purgingers and Wallhangers video for you. Right above the old man, well, that's every single Triforce podcast in a playlist. And as our main man Connor always says, one punch! Unless he refuses. Wow. Unless he refused. Same, yeah. Same note in everything. I mean, oh, that man. was that was scary. Wonder that Cat, was beautiful. We have been doing this for going I on. I think we've just seen the birth of another boy band. No. Wondercat, we've been Everybody. doing this for about 3 years, all right? This is just synchronicity. This is this is Sting, all right? This is synchronicity. This is the police. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the police. This is that's yeah, all knock, it is. Knock. Yeah. <laughs> don't stand so don't stand so close to me. <laughs> I, I thought this Please was a living color to have a cult of personality. So close to me. <laughs> anyway. Um I thought you were gonna yeah. go right into Roxanne. <laughs> Triforce Everything has a musical episode. I guess this is ours. Yeah? God damn right. Yes. Yes. Purge hangers and wall hangers, the musical two. Yeah, we have to show our. <laughs> we don't even have to have a musical one. That's how awesome we are. We no just go to musical needed. two, straight to the sequel. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> oh lord! Which brings uh, me to our electric start of this podcast. Surprise! <laughs>